How to Create a Glitch Monologues Season 14 Chapter 2 This is Season 14 of How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix Monologues Episode 2. In this episode, we will be elaborating on Season 13 Episode 9. In the ninth episode of Season 13, we talked about how attention is exchanged for confidence. We discussed how emotional coupling conditions the attention of the tonic to the intentions of the dominant. We also talked about free attention, about how confidence and free attention are both accretive to success in goal-directed actions. We also talked about social geometry and its relevance to a non-dualistic view of reality. In this episode we will be bringing a number of ideas together from different places in the podcast to give you a final picture of social organization. Historically, prior to the advent of science, Social organization was partially governed by dogmatic traditions. For example, in Christianity, there are two paradigms of social organization presented. The first is the animalistic or natural paradigm. In this paradigm, social organization resembles a hierarchy in which dominance is determined by success in any area of endeavor, usually a contest of force. This produces the organization of the animal world two males contest for supremacy and the winner acquires the right to mate. Typically this produces the alpha-beta dichotomy. The second tradition in Christianity is that characterized by statements such as the meek shall inherit the earth, or the last shall be first and the first last. These statements flip the paradigm on its head suggesting an upside-down view of social organization with the humble before the proud. This dichotomy is in actuality a false one but it is instructive. It reveals the natural order which describes the biological paradigm in the animal kingdom of which man is a part. Now, I mention this only because it will enable us to suggest a new paradigm, one which goes beyond the natural. Returning to our discussion of emotional coupling, we know that the attention of the tonic is conditioned to the intentions of the dominant. But what I haven't mentioned is in fact that the dominant is in actuality the submissive. The dominant exceeds or acquiesce to the tonic through postural releases. These releases, namely, motions which dissolve social tension, function to eliminate the tension created by the tonic's social status, in the face of confrontation. Thus, the tonic is in fact dominant in this scenario and the dominant submissive. Now, this is important because the conditioning of the attention of the tonic to the intention of the dominant, as well as the acquisition, through that conditioning, of confidence by the tonic, enables the tonic to complete goal-directed actions, of which any contest with another individual form a part. Socially, what this means is that the ability of any tonic to succeed in a contest for mating rights is determined by their ability to achieve recognition of social status by the dominant. What this means is that conditioned attention is in fact, corrupted attention, diminished attention, attenuated only to the degree that the individual has failed to impress the dominant with their ability to generate social tension through confrontation. Now, what I am saying here is that the dominant determines the victor of the contest before it even happens due to the conditioning of the attention of the tonic and their loss or gain of confidence. Social organization thus, in this paradigm is determined by relative standing in the eyes of the dominant, irregardless of the tonic's ability to induce arousal. All of this means that the actual ability of the tonic, his physical attributes, 
is circumscribed by the attention conditioning of his exchanges with the dominant. This is called the social directive, which is to say, members of a closed social system are required to give up certain attributes to remain in an in-group and be spared expulsion. Now, we have described the natural organization, which follows from the consensual reality of the feminine, or dominant, through their control over the conditions of consent, but it begs the question, is that the end of the discussion? And the answer is not at all. For masculinity manifests as displacement and substitution, both spatially and within the internal mind. This means that social status can be manipulated by directly tapping into physical territoriality. That is to say, the higher the rank in the social organization the greater physical territoriality the individual possesses. This physical territoriality manifests as social mobility and the ability to induce arousal in the feminine. Social rank and organization is thus the product of the social economy. Individuals can undermine the natural organization which follows the closing of a social system by first creating an objective discontinuity with conditioned behavior to eliminate attentional conditioning. Then, using posture and posing intentionally to produce social tension in groups. Finally, using the free attention created by the above to hold the background. At this point I'd like to explain the above in evolutionary terms. The alpha of the pack would typically be responsible for monitoring the environment for signs of predators. Hence, it follows that their attention would be less denuded than other group members. Second, the presence of free attention, by focusing on the background, one attains a social status which mirrors that of the alpha. Finally, the presence of a group member with unconditioned attention creates a conflict with the social hierarchy of the group, which attributes them a social status akin to an alpha. The system thus either becomes bimodal or one of the two is expelled from the group. Also, since we understand that physical territoriality produces substitution and displacement, we must understand that the presence of unconditioned attention generates disruption in the ordinary processes of the social system. These disruptions can be termed glitches in the matrix. Therefore, it is fair to say that processes which reverse the ordinary conditioning of attention, processes that undermine the social economy, processes that generate greater than normal social tension, all facilitate the production of a glitch. That's the end of the podcast for today. If you enjoyed it, please like, comment, and subscribe.